Welcome to Crossview Radio, a weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, I'm glad to uh, be back in the saddle here. Last week, I uh, attended Shepherd's Conference uh, at Grace Community Church in Los Angeles, and I thought that I would have the opportunity to pre-record a podcast, but time got away from me, and so I ended up skipping uh, a week, but uh, glad to be back and excited to be rolling again. And I wanted to uh, mention here, uh, before I start today's podcast, uh, what I want to do is to give a few reflections on uh, Shepherd's Conference, and then actually, uh, for the rest of the podcast, I'll just take one of those reflections and maybe uh, chew on it a a little bit more, um, just to hopefully be an encouragement with with what I've been encouraged by uh, this past week. So um, the first thing I wanted to mention, maybe you could call this a takeaway from the conference or just something that uh, God used uh, in my own life, and that is, first, I'm humbled and grateful for the way that I was uh, served last week. There were hundreds of Grace Church members uh, who volunteer their time, in fact, even take their vacation time just to serve uh, us. There was about 4,500 pastors there. And uh, it was was a genuine joy. In fact, if any of you um, ever happened to hear this, uh, I just want to tell you thank you so much for uh, for your service. I did have an opportunity to thank uh, a few of you. And um, just wanted to uh, say thank you again. We were uh, truly spoiled. Uh, I know that the, the conference has a reputation for that, but this was my first time there. And so really got to see that firsthand. Everything from serving us meals to cleaning the bathrooms to shining shoes to providing ice cream between sessions. Uh, it was just an example of genuine hospitality. And one takeaway for me is, is that I can even emulate that more. Uh, in in my own life. Uh, Second, and this one may seem a a little bit out of the ordinary, but it was just something that I I, I heard more of in this conference than other conferences that I've been to. And I I was genuinely grateful for the influence that the Puritans have had on the speakers. Uh, there was a lot of talk, many, many of them referenced the Puritans and their messages. Um, the breakout sessions were uh, dedicated, or, well, one of the breakout sessions was dedicated to a deeper look at different Puritans. I went to the one on Richard Sibbs uh, that Mark Dever did. Uh, and I recently, I had gone to that one because I had recently finished uh, reading the book The Bruised Reed and Smoking Flax by Sibbs. And by the way, I do highly uh, commend that work to you. Um, but I, I wanted to maybe mention a few thoughts on why I pick this as kind of one of the, the things that I was encouraged by, but um, the the theology of the Puritans is deep, it is rich, it is reformed. Uh, they are deeply concerned about pursuing holiness. The Puritans are unfairly caricatured as being a bunch of killjoys. Uh, someone has once described Puritanism as uh, this, the haunting fear that someone somewhere may be happy. And uh, that really is unfair. Many Christians today uh, fall toward either a legalistic bend or an antinomian bend, that is to say, kind of casting off the restraints of the law. The Puritans, by and large, avoided both of those errors and really had a healthy understanding of, of grace. 
in, in fact, the Puritans uh, brought grace and holiness together. And usually today, I think most Christians tend to um, only retain one of those. They'll be all about a, uh, a form of holiness that really is divorced from grace, and thus it becomes legalism, or they will be all about grace in a wrong way, um, and uh, then they will be antinomian, kind of cast off the law. I think a genuine, true understanding of grace. I'm not saying too much. I'm not saying that there are some Christians that just focus on grace too much. That would be that would be a wrong error uh, for me to make, uh, because true grace does lead to holiness. Genuine grace does lead to a care and concern for being holy. In fact, it teaches us to uh, to be holy. And and why I'm saying all this, what are the Puritans here is. They captured both of those concepts, that is grace and holiness, and I, I believe we're able to put them together in a very biblical uh, way. Um, and so, with that in mind, I actually think the Puritans are highly instructive for this current generation of Christians because they see things that we did not, cannot see. And in fact, I think oftentimes it's helpful to have other um, uh, eras of Christianity— critique our uh, era of Christianity, and that's not to say that um, they're always going to be right in every area, but they may see blind spots that we have, and so I think they are instructive for us. Uh, While I was there, I picked up some books in the series called Puritan Treasures for Today, uh, which are printed by Reformation Heritage Books, and these are unique because they're edited to modern English. And after I read them, I, I hope to commend them to you uh, for those who may kind of struggle a little bit with the outdated English of the Puritans, which, by the way, I, I do as well. Uh, you kind of got to read slowly, uh, but hopefully that'll be um, something that I can commend to you um, uh, after, I, after I read those. Uh, I love the Puritans because of their deep theology, their high uh, devotional content, and I'm glad that there was uh, an emphasis uh, on them at the conference. So I spent a little bit more time on that one than I had intended, but I wanted to get to this last one here. And uh, that is, I'm, I was grateful at the conference for the content of the messages. Uh, I did not hear one message on church growth. And for that, I am encouraged. I am honestly sick of church growth seminars not that I'm attending them, but I'm constantly hearing about them and, and all the secrets to success. If your church is about this, then you'll be successful and you'll grow and you'll be prosperous and all these kind of things. All that is, um, in, in fact, you could probably take all of uh, these lectures and seminars and conferences that have the words church growth in them, and you could probably just throw all of them away uh, because all they are is, is repackaged, secular, motivational lectures. Uh, none of that was at Shepherd's Conference. And uh, it's, it's to this topic that I, I do want to spend just maybe a minute or two on here. Uh, during the conference, John MacArthur made this comment. He said, if you ever go into a church and they are telling you that they're making plans and that at such and such a time they're going to do this, at such and such a time they're going to do that, and then we're going to have a building here, we're going to do this there, we're going to do that there. Uh, 
he says, you need to run out of the door and never come back because they are headed for your wallet. Now, I don't think that MacArthur was saying you never make plans. You can't have a, you can't host an event as large as Shepherd's Conference if you don't make plans. Um, I'm not, I don't want to put words in his mouth at all. Um, I think that churches ought to make plans, but what I think he was referring to is a presumptuous kind of plan making that is really more akin to business planning and contemporary church growth models than biblical stewardship. And it reminds me of Proverbs 16, 9, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. It has been said many times that you are to worry about the depth of your ministry and let God worry about the breadth of your ministry. That is to say, you ought to concern yourself with one thing, and that is how deep you take your people in their knowledge and love for God. Where do you aim? If, if this is your goal, which I'm going to suggest is a biblical goal, to worry about how deep you take people in theology, how deep you take people in their love for God. If that is your goal, where do you aim when you're trying to take people deep theologically? You aim for the pulpit. And I am convinced that if the preaching of the Word of God becomes de-emphasized in your church, then the entire structure will collapse soon after that. You cannot maintain a healthy church and view preaching as secondary. Church growth conferences are a dime a dozen. But how many conferences are out there that are focused on pursuing holiness or being concerned with faithfulness? In fact, the theme of Shepherd's Conference this year was faithfulness. My concern is that the church today has become dominated by personalities who are trying to elevate themselves and build their own kingdoms. And I wish that churches across the country were filled with pastors who were content to serve their people and to die in absolute obscurity. And yet so many pastors are seeking a name for themselves. In in my mind, this is no different than the Tower of Babel in the priority that is established or that's placed on self-elevation instead of on God. And so I I wanted to make just two comments on on planning because, um, as I said a minute ago, I I, I don't think that we ought not plan at all. Uh, We ought to be wise But what I'm suggesting is we need to not plan in this kind of business model, borrowed, um, church growth model kind of a way. We ought to do our planning in a way that honors Christ. And so just two, two observations. This is not exhaustive, but just two thoughts that I had. And the first one is plan with an open hand. Um, Never write down on paper, this is what we're going to do. Leave room for God to change your plans altogether. James 4, 13 to 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. The person who says, we're going to do this and writes this down on paper, this you know, business model kind of, we're going to pursue this, that person, according to James 4, is arrogant 
and they are an arrogant boaster, and that kind of boasting is evil. Your church ought never be consumed with planning. And what I mean by this is that your church needs to know what God has clearly called you to and what he hasn't. It is clear that God has called us to spread the gospel. We know that, okay? But God has not called every church to have a building or to have X number of pastors. Know the difference. Know the difference between what God has called the church to do and what God has not called the church to do. Now, God may intend for your church to get so many pastors or to have a building or to do whatever, uh, but we ought not to presume upon God that he is going to do things in the way that we want him to do them. Know the difference and make your plans knowing that God may have other intentions for you and your ministry. So write it on in pencil and say, if the Lord wills, we intend on pursuing this, knowing that God may change that. And if God changes that, it's okay. Second thought I had was this, don't alter the mission of the church. The commission to the church is to make disciples. Any vision or mission or goal or purpose of the church that alters or violates Christ's intended purpose for the church is clearly not from God. You don't have the right to set your own mission statement. It must be rooted and grounded in Scripture. Now, you can alter the mission of the church intentionally or unintentionally. You can explicitly state that your church has a different mission. You can say, we are about this. And actually, I did preach uh, two Sundays ago and, and mentioned this that our church ought not to be um, kind of sufficiently about one thing outside of what Christ has called us to be. So, so while we may uh, help people with uh, meals, we ought not be known as the soup kitchen church, for example. Uh, that, not, uh, that thing ought not to define us. We ought to be defined by Christ and his mission for the church. Um, you can unintentionally alter the mission of the church by having an unhealthy obsession with the wrong thing. So for instance, if you never talk about the mission of the church, but instead you're always emphasizing, you know, social involvement uh, or whatever it might be, you could be at risk of communicating the wrong things to your church or not social involvement, but maybe the, the getting the, the building fund or, or adding on to the, the church sanctuary or whatever it might be. If you have an unhealthy obsession with those kinds of things, you can unintentionally communicate that the church is about something different than it ought to be about. Um, if you're not planning with an open hand, as I mentioned a minute ago, you could so overemphasize your building project that the church becomes about that. I'm not saying you can't have a building project. But if your building project is written in concrete, your church begins to take on an unhealthy philosophy where you are about that and not about the true mission of the church. Here's what it all comes down to. Colossians 1, 28 through 29. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. If I'm going to toil and struggle for something, it's going to be to know Christ and to make Christ known. And for those pastors out there, take your people deep theologically. Don't buy into the lie that you've got to keep it simple for them, otherwise you'll lose their interest. Toil and struggle to make Christ known in your church, 
and leave the growth up to God. Let him worry about that. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, you can visit us online at crossvieworville.com.